0: Hello and welcome to Engagement Express, the podcast series for HR, engagement and internal communication professionals, here to give you tips and ideas on how to increase engagement in your organization. My name's Katie Siche and I'm a global internal communication and collaboration consultant who's worked with many well-known global brands to support their engagement strategies. Join me every fortnight, to hear more about the things you should be reviewing and doing to increase engagement in your organisation. Today I'm lucky enough to be joined by the wonderful Stella Layburn, who has so much passion and energy for what she does. Stella is an executive recruiter, public speaker and independent business owner from the UK. She has a two decade long career working in C-suite human resources Plus, she has extensive links to charities, health and public sector service recruitments. Her public speaking arrangements primarily focus on her twin career loves, elevating women in the workplace and mentoring the next generation. And today I'll be talking to her about just that, mentoring and coaching for success. (music) Introducing a four-episode partnership with Blink, the app designed to create trust between frontline workers and executive teams in real time. Now, episodes 35 to 39 of Engagement Express will be sponsored by Blink. Disconnection is real during the era of remote working. Despite the recent push to return to the office, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Blink offers a way to combat the isolation via a collaboration app that offers a group chat, organization newsfeed, and an intuitive way to share documents and links, and a hub for policies and digital forms. Find out more by visiting www.joinblink.com to start to better engaging your remote workers.
1: So today I'm joined by the wonderful Stella Leyburn, who's a HR consultant and someone I came across on LinkedIn who's extremely inspirational. A very exciting individual who's got a lot of ideas to offer. So I have decided to invite her on to Engagement Express so she can share her perspective on mentoring and coaching. So welcome, Stella.
2: Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing getting to know you online. And now we're getting to, you know, do this podcast together.
1: It's fantastic. Yeah. What a great collaboration. I'm so excited to have you on. And you know, the whole topic of mentoring and coaching is so pivotal nowadays with people, young people, you know, and it doesn't really matter what your age is. People understand the value that mentoring and coaching can bring, but I think it's worth talking about terms to begin with. So do you, in your mind, consider mentoring and coaching to be the same thing?
2: They are kind of intersectional, you know, they yet yeah, they can overlap, absolutely. They are very similar though. So yes. I wouldn't say they're exactly the same thing, but they are very similar.
1: Okay. So when you think of mentoring and coaching from your perspective, mm-hmm. what do you feel is good about it? What are the benefits?
2: Okay. The benefits are enormous in the sense that mentoring Basically, can help to, you know, shape your career path, your lifestyle. It can shape all aspects of our lives, be it in business or yeah. personal. So that's one of the key benefits. And also, they help to answer questions that we may have on our journeys, on our various journeys, obviously business or in our personal lives not everyone is blessed with, you know, supportive people to guide them or the sort of background that nourishes growth. So having mentors and coaches do sort of fill that gap.
1: I think you're right. And that's the way I look at it, too. So I've worked with a number of coaches over the last, I'd say, six years. Prior to that, I didn't really feel that it was necessary because I felt I was able to do everything myself. So I'm the very definition of a perfectionist. And it was one of my coaches who told me that before I spoke to her, I never considered myself to be a perfectionist. I thought my traits were aligned with someone who was the actual opposite. So a perfectionist is actually not someone who does everything perfectly, Mm -hmm. but just strives to do everything perfectly and goes overboard, I guess. And that's really me in trying to make sure everything works like clockwork. And if it doesn't, You know, the challenges we've had with this setting up this interview have been awful. And I felt terrible about it. But then I think back on what the coach said to me. And it's really helped me to manage, you know, provided me with coping mechanisms. And that would be, I'd say, the primary benefit that I've received from working with a coach.
2: Absolutely. And I think I can relate with you with regards to being a perfectionist. But I suppose for me, I kind of picked that up. A lot earlier on, because I started having coaching from a very, very young age. From when I was 20, I knew I had gaps in my knowledge about the world and in my work as well. I knew I needed some help. And so I started looking for a means of filling the gap from a very young age but then also yes I was told from the age of 20 that I'm a bit of a perfectionist so yeah not such a bad thing it's not such a bad Mm -hmm. thing but obviously with the right coaching you can learn to manage that and learn to know when you know to let go of stuff and just move on to the next thing instead of constantly dwelling on it trying to Make something perfect that probably already is
1: perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's learning when to let go Mm -hmm. and just be happy with something as it is and being happy to release it into the world and just let go. So, yeah, a really interesting point for me in particular, and that's why I raised it. So do you consider yourself to be a coach? I didn't think
2: I was until... I kept getting asked, especially in the last four or five years, I would have, you know, friends and colleagues that just seemed to come to me for advice on things. And I used to wonder, why are you asking me? I, you know, and they're like, oh, you said this at this meeting. And, you know, it's like, you know, this, yeah, of course I do. And they're like, okay, can you help me with this? It's just, Having friends, colleagues, and family constantly, I'm like the go-to person. Right.
1: Anything.
2: (laughs) You know, I'm I'm like the living Google.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. You are a guru, (laughs) fella. You have everyone coming to you for every
2: sort of advice. And I'm thinking, what's giving them this impression? And Mm. I did have a colleague that once actually thought I was a coach back then. And she said to me, when I did say to her that I wasn't, and she said, you should really consider doing this because there's just something about you. You have a way of making people want to do things. You know, whenever I'm around you, I just feel like, There's always something, you know, I'm always getting something new and something that inspires me. I always feel inspired whenever I'm around you, Amazing, no matter what it is. And because I did say to her, I don't understand why people come to me. Why do people want to be around me? And she said, take it. There's something there. They want to be around you because you clearly share things that they can relate to things that resonate with them, and things that help them as well. So seriously consider, you know, being a coach. This was over 10 years ago this conversation was had. Of course, I laughed at it, and I thought, oh, please, leave me alone. (laughs) But over the last four years, I have seriously now started considering it more. And obviously, the business coaches that I've had in that Mm -hmm. time as well Brought the same thing up again, and I thought, you know what? Maybe
1: it's time I start stepping into that limelight and take it to the next level. That's amazing. And you know what? As you were talking, I've had a very similar experience in the last sort of couple of years, not far back as you, but people have been saying to me, Are you a coach? And I've said, Of course not, you know, I'm not a coach. But people will keep asking me that question and they'll come to me for advice. And you start to begin to wonder, actually, maybe this is something I'm good at or fit for Yeah. or, you know, have the right personality, you know, the right sort of stance, mm. um, the right aura, yeah. I suppose, that, you know, gives people that comfort. And like you say, people call you inspirational. They feel good when you're around. You know, you inspire them to have ideas and mm. um, generate good feelings. Yeah. And that's not something... To that should go to waste. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. It's funny when you don't think it's anything special because yeah. <laughs> you're thinking, This is just me. I'm the exactly and I guess the other thing is that I love to share knowledge. Mm. What I've learned, I might have had coaching sessions or gone on courses or you know, things that I've experienced. I don't mind sharing them with other people. I think that's the other thing as well. Because if you don't have a problem sharing knowledge, then people will want to come to you and get some of that. You know, you have people who believe because they've paid for a coaching session right. or a course, or you should go pay for it and get your own too. Right. They don't want to share it because, you know, they kind of feel like, well, I'll pay for it. I don't have no problem with that. No. You know, just because... I've gone through something, I can't sit back and watch someone else go through the same thing without, you know, at least letting them know, hey, there's a pit in there you could drop in if you're not mindful, you know, of your steps. I I just can't sit back and watch people run themselves down when I can help. I just, I don't know, maybe that's where the whole being fountain of knowledge comes from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know what I know. I read a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I talk to a lot of people. So of course, yes. And I'm always soaking in information. So if I know something that I know can benefit somebody and, you know, I'm in a
1: position to help, of course I'll share.
2: I don't have a problem doing that.
1: No, me too. And I think we have a similar personality in that respect. You know, I'm really eager to help people and I hate seeing people suffer mm. or, you know, have problems or injustice of any kind. Yes. And you know me, I'm happy to just sit and talk yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. as long as it takes. Yeah, I cannot abide yeah Um, not sharing sharing that value
2: you've jumped on board to help yourself (laughs) before so yes I can definitely you know vouch for that
1: (laughs) yeah and I was excited about that I thought oh you know someone needs my help you know I can help someone so you know why not help I would never consider it in monetary terms Mm, no um, no. at all no no. financial reward and the thing is those things come back to you don't they I believe anyway absolutely quite a spiritual person so I think if you do something for someone Mm -hmm. and you're good Mm -hmm. and you have good intentions it will come back to you not necessarily through that person yeah but in another way yeah
2: absolutely absolutely I always say this when people that I probably gave some advice to many years ago right No, and you know our paths cross again and I'm like oh I really need help with this I'm not sure they're so happy to jump in and help yeah and they're like, oh, my goodness, it's so good to be able to do something for you. I'm sure you probably don't even remember helping me with this and that. Right. Day. And I'm thinking, what? When? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, it's just one of those. I mean, when I do things for people, I don't do it with the expectation that, oh, you're going to do something bad for me. No. Not right. at all. I mean, I'll tell you one little small story. My father obviously passed away when I was about five years old. And many, many, many years later, probably 20 odd years later, someone did something for me. I didn't even know this person knew my dad. And they said, oh, you are John's daughter. And I remember when I was at college, your father, I was in boarding school and I was late with my fees, and your father jumped in and paid my fees so that I could return to school. How would I know? I was five years old when the man passed away. Right. (laughs) And I didn't even know this person knew my dad. And somehow that kindness was kind of like paid forward. Yes. How many years later by someone that I didn't even know knew my dad?
1: Crazy. Um,
2: so, my mentality with regards to helping people is if I can, I will do it for you without any expectation. Right. So, you know, and you don't have to do anything in return. Right. Me. Pay it forward. You know, yeah. someone else might need that help more than I do. Right. So if you see someone else that needs your help, knock yourself out, help them. You know, you don't have to wait for the favor to be back for me. I'm not expecting anything in return. Just if you want good to come to you, you have to give. There's a saying about an open hand gets more than a closed hand or something yeah. like that. I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure how the saying goes, but basically, yeah. uh, if your hands are open, you've got this hand open to give it, well, to receive it. you have this hand open to give more will keep coming to you it's a flow of energy isn't it it is you know if you open one hand to collect and then you
1: close your hand you
2: don't want to share well
1: the flow stops doesn't it you're closing it off exactly that's where the pipe shuts down Mm -hmm. and you know you do yourself a disservice as well as doing others a disservice so I think you know you're definitely right there um you know and in regard to engagement and internal communication and collaboration I've worked with many leadership teams in regard to coaching them to be more overt about their priorities and challenges, what they're working on, projects, etc. And what their vision is for the business going forward. And, you know, often there's this reluctance to be visible in organizations as a leader, but it's so pivotal to engage in employees, what's your take on leadership and coaching them, people who are reluctant, perhaps, to receive the coaching? People who are
2: reluctant.
1: I mean, Mm. it's
2: beneficial. It's good to obviously have the conversation. I think organizations should have these conversations with their staff and let them know that Mentoring and coaching in leadership is important and also to let them know that there's a lot to be gained from it because it Mm -hmm. provides employees with a way to connect and grow within the organization and in their career paths as well. It's just, there's a lot of organizations that believe if they have mentors and coaches available to their staff, they might leave. Because it's a bit like giving them extra wheels and you think they're just going to run off and leave your firm. I'm right. all of these coaching sessions and helping them to build a career path. and right. But I don't think that's true necessarily because there are organizations, like I said, when I was about 20, I had my first career coach. Because at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And a career coach was suggested to me by the firm that I worked at the time. Hmm. It was only part-time. You know, I was studying at the time and working part-time. And um, someone thought I needed help with Hmm. guidance as to where I wanted to go. And they brought in someone. I didn't know such a thing even existed. Yeah, (laughs) They brought me in that gave me some coaching sessions, talked me through things that I wanted to do, where I saw myself career-wise. Of course, during the course of this conversation, it turned out, obviously, I didn't want to remain in the same organization that I was in. Right. It wasn't for me. It served a purpose, but Mm. that's not where I wanted to be. And having that the coaching and mentoring sessions sort of helped to highlight that even more for me. And yeah, on that basis, I mean, and from that experience I can't encourage mentorship enough within organizations. I think that's so important. And also, especially for leadership, you know, just because you're teaching someone how to do something better doesn't necessarily mean they'll leave. And even if they do leave, they'll have good things to say about your organization. Exactly. Because this organization that introduced me to coaching from such a young age, they've always, I never forget them. Mm. I never forget them. So yeah. I always have good and fond memories of the firm and I always say good things about them. So if nothing else, even though, yes, I know that that's not a job for me, right? but they nurtured my growth yeah to the person hopefully that I am today and
1: yeah and I agree and I think there's so many companies now that actually appreciate the value of learning and development Mm -hmm. you know talent acquisition and talent retention understands how important it is to develop employees and to give them opportunities to learn and any organization that doesn't will pay the consequence you know people will leave you know their retention will be low Mm -hmm. their attrition will be high yeah Um, and even like you say when people do leave they'll have bad things to say about the organization they say they weren't valued they weren't developed Mm -hmm. they weren't nurtured Mm -hmm. and it's all about valuing your people and generating talent from within rather than looking externally Mm -hmm. but I've noticed that a lot of companies are beginning to understand that um, and invest in it as well so things are changing. Mm-hmm. And from your perspective, yeah. because engagement is such a sort of elusive topic and it's, it's made up of so many different moving parts. And I've tried my best to encompass all of those in my discussions with the various guests that I've had on this podcast. And this always this ongoing debate about who owns engagement. And when people think of engagement, they always think, oh, that's a H.R., or a people function, or an internal communications responsibility, and of course it isn't, but HR have such a huge role to play yes. in regard to how engaged employees are, you know, around learning and development, you know, talent retention, benefits and rewards, remuneration, etc. So what do you feel, from your perspective as a HR consultant, is the best way or approach to engage employees or have engaged um, employees?
2: I would say, obviously, having a culture that embraces engagement, you know, that not a fault-driven organization, because you know, if you want people to engage, you need to give them a safe space for them to be able to communicate with you freely, and yeah, provide them with tools. That's what the word I'm looking for. Provide them with the tools to right. be able to facilitate communication, free communication. Because if people don't feel psychologically safe in an environment, they don't communicate. Right. They don't engage. That's the key thing. If you find your staff are not engaging, there's something wrong with the space that you have created. You haven't created a psychologically safe space for them to feel able to engage. So I am a huge champion of creating safe spaces for people to communicate and to connect. And, you know, having safe spaces for people to be able to do these things is giving them permission to be themselves. Right. um, To be more open to make suggestions as to how well they can do, you know, carry out their roles within the organization. And yeah, so for me it's basically creating safe spaces for people within the
1: situation. No, I agree. And I've talked a lot about that on this podcast, you know, creating spaces virtual or otherwise, Mm. where people can share and honestly and truthfully about their experiences and about who they are and what they do and what their aspirations are. Mm -hmm. But often, you know, like you say, the first thing you mentioned was culture and a psychologically safe one. So even if you create an environment or spaces where people can share information and have discussions and you try to encourage them to speak truthfully and honestly Mm -hmm. about their experiences and who they are, if the culture is not aligned with that, then you're not going to get that sharing it can often feel contrived so you'll get companies that don't have an open culture where they try to emulate one that does Mm. and they'll say oh we've got these employee forums for you to share information or ergs as they call them you know employee resource groups where you can talk and discuss but people perhaps have an awareness or a a fear Mm. that what they say in that room doesn't stay in that room absolutely (laughs) yeah so how do you combat that what would what would be your starting point for transitioning a culture from one where sharing is not the done thing privately to being one that's open and, and honest and transparent? Hmm, that's a very, very difficult question.
2: question. <laughs> <laughs> I think within an organization, I would say create a culture where people feel valued and number two If you do surveys within your organization's And, you know, the outcome of the survey being negative or positive, share the information with the staff. Right, Honesty Honesty is huge in relationship and trust building and transparency. When people can see that the organization has been transparent, then, you know, because it takes a lot to be openly vulnerable. Exactly say, this is where we're falling short. So, this is what the survey has come back with. Mm. And we need your help. And also getting the employees involved in the solution. You know, we need your help. How can we change things? Because mm. it clearly shows this is where we're falling short. What can we do to change this, whatever it is that is going wrong with the organization? Right. On board, what they say And actually implement it because there's nothing like, you know, it's a bit like having that friend that comes to you and says, Oh, I've got this problem. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. And you give them the advice and they do nothing with it. Right. The next time they come to you, do you really even want to engage at that point? No, No. (laughs) I don't want to because I know every time you come to me, I tell you what to do or I make suggestions. You don't do them. And the yeah. same thing keeps happening again and again. And you keep coming back. After a while, it's like, no, don't ask me. I can't be
1: bothered. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you lose the will, don't you? you exactly. You that so, impetus to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, you know,
2: for organizations, you know, to be able to get their employees to engage, you need to basically act on, you know, whatever feedback that you are being given Instead of shying away from it and not wanting to admit that this is actually what is going on, it does make a difference. It does help to you know, build relationship and trust and it shows the organization is transparent regardless of whatever the feedback is. They're open to learning. And yeah, when people can see that, they want to engage more because they feel like their
1: feedback is being val- valued. And they feel valued as well. Totally, totally and I think one thing you mentioned there which is really important not just around the action planning that comes out of the survey where they take on board the feedback that they know they can do something about, Mm -hmm. quite often I've seen organisations ignore and not Mm -hmm. feedback what they can't do anything about so often it's what employees they're not stupid, they're not foolish, they understand that not everything can be implemented absolutely not all the feedback can be taken on board. Mm-hmm. What, what is worth, I think, acknowledging is that, yes, we've heard what you have to say. You said this, this and this. Unfortunately, it's not possible at this time mm-hmm. to action mm-hmm. what you've requested, but we're going to do this, this and this. So I think often that's the piece that's missing. So they'll communicate what's been fed back as long as they can do something about it. Mm. But those things that they can't do anything about, they'll ignore. Yes. And not respond Mm -hmm. to. But all people want is an acknowledgement, isn't it? That they've been heard.
2: It's a bit like, you know, imagine you're at the airport. You know, your flight is delayed, but there's no communication. Right. No one's telling you what's happening. You know, you're meant to take off at 10 o'clock and you're still there by 11 o'clock and no one is saying anything to you. They just, the flight will be here soon what's the problem yeah <laughs> you know just tell me what the problem is yeah you know, a lot of the time people just want to know just that's tell all. them and it's just like okay if that's what it is that's fine that's what it is exactly you know, it's that lack of knowledge I think right everyone likes I mean personally I love being in the know don't keep me in the dark you know, because I don't like surprises. No, <laughs> so I love no. You no, know, no matter what the outcome, please tell me, talk to me. Just let me know what is going wrong, and if there's anything I can do to help, let's talk about it.
1: But right, who just not doing anything? Yeah, sweep it under the carpet. Yeah, and I think you're right, Stella. I don't think you and I are unusual in our opinion. I'd say 95% of employees working for an organization would be that understanding, too. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to be unreasonable. Of course, there will be a few people who will be unwilling to accept it and Mm -hmm. take it on board. But I think the vast majority would say, as you, the analogy you gave was a good one, your flight's delayed for the next three hours. The plane won't be arriving for whatever reason. You know, it's, it was delayed. In fact, there was a problem with the mechanics. Mm-hmm. You decide what you want to do. With Armed with that knowledge, you can take decisions. So That's three hours, I'm going to be stuck at the airport. Okay, let me go for a tour around the city. Let me go out and get some dinner absolutely. Come and come back, you know, rather than just sit there and... Mm -hmm. Walk around the airport if you're not allowed to go out of the airport again or talk to the staff and say, is there a way that I can change my flight? Yeah. And fly out tomorrow. Armed with that knowledge, you could take action, can't you?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I know I've been, I use that analogy because I've had those situations. Same here. Plenty of times. Same here. You know, the ones that I've kind of noticed or witnessed were where people you know, the customers are not very happy because they're right. asking what is going on and they're not getting anything. No, exactly. I've been in that situation where I traveled outside of Europe completely. And I thought, well, what's happening? <laughs> it's been an hour, right. two hours. And I thought, what's right? going on? Of course, at that point, people are now getting very angry and people are shouting. And I mm. thought, Fair enough, you know, because what's going on? Just let us know. Because had they said to us, oh, there's no flight mm. moving, you know, for the next three, four hours, I would have just picked my bag, walked back out, yeah, went that to the city goes. for a yeah. little bit, and That's then right. come back. But there was nothing. So, yeah. that, you know, just lack of information and lack of feedback, you know, doesn't, Create trust and transparency because when you know people, if you know someone who is always punctual and always do what they say they're going to do, you know when they don't, there's something wrong. Right. It's not, now you're not angry, you're more concerned because you're thinking, oh, this person would normally do this. So something's obviously amiss. Now you want to know what's wrong and, you know, make sure they're okay. Compared to someone who's normally late, never turns up, right? reliable, you know, would you be that bothered? You probably just think, well, that's just them. They're not turning exactly. up. Exactly. Something else could have been wrong but at that moment because they've created this image of themselves for you in their head. You know, this persona about who they are, they're not reliable, right. they can't be trusted. Whatever they say, you take it with a pinch of salt. Right. While someone who is reliable, transparent and keeps you informed, you know, if something, if they're not showing up when they said they would, you know, something else is definitely wrong
1: and you going to try and find out and help. Yeah. And that option that you gave, that example you gave of not caring once you know that someone's always late or never really turns up on time or gives any kind of heads up if they're delayed. Mm. Um, that indifference and that inertia mm. that's fostered through that kind of behavior is what causes disengagement. Absolutely. Um, and that's what's so dangerous. But like mm-hmm. you say, if you're transparent, you're honest, you're always trying your best to communicate with your people, that increases the engagement. People build trust, they build a relationship with the organization, and they are concerned, like you say. Yeah. They are not disinterested. They think, you know, something's wrong. I care. They've taken the time to be honest with me. Mm. I want to help. Let me see how I can help. Absolutely.
2: I mean, I'm sure in the last almost two years now, you know, where you've had organizations that have struggled, but organizations that have been transparent with their staff and they look after their staff, they make them valued and stuff. There have been organizations that have gone to them and said, okay, we want to keep you here, we wanna keep going, but the only way we're gonna be able to do that is you know, if we'll have pay cuts or right. you know do you know what I mean? No bonuses this year. Right. Guess what? Then people are like, fine, we're good with that, let's go with exactly. it. Exactly. You know, where we we support you. We know you're doing your best and we want to help you as well. So you get people who are on board with that. But if it's an organization that don't value you, you're just thinking yes. hey, Really? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'll see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll see you around. Uh, it's so true. And it really plays out in reality. Mm. It's not something that is just a story. It's something that happens every day. And, you know, we've seen it in, I'm sure in our experiences over and over again. Yeah. And it, it's so fascinating to get your take on, on all of these aspects. But there's so much going on with you. And I wanted to touch base with that for a little while before we end the conversation, because you've been so visible, you've been so honest, you've been all of those things transparent, you've really bared your soul, to some extent, which has been really valued by myself. And I know other members of your network, we really appreciate it especially on LinkedIn. So what's happening for you right now, Stella? Where are you? and Where are you going?
2: Okay. <laughs> right. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. that
1: it's so, oh, that's
2: so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to take that. Thank you. What's happening? There's a lot happening in the background right now. Uh, right. In the last few weeks, I've not been as, visible online as I normally am. That's because a lot of stuff going on in the background. Obviously rebranding. So there's, there's a lot going on website rebranding. Just obviously doing a lot of podcasts posting on Clubhouse, having live chats and from people all over the world. I had one with someone from Canada. Wow. Be having another or a couple of others have booked in for this month, but they're based in America and I've got some podcasts with someone in I'm gonna get this right I- think it's in Johannesburg. It's in in South South Africa somewhere. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And um, obviously the key thing is rebranding and putting myself out there with regards to my public speaking engagement, because I want to do a lot more of that, share my story and share my knowledge with people and basically help to inspire others on their journey and yeah, so that's what's going on at the moment. So keep your
1: eyes peeled. There's a. Lot I, I will. Oh, Sounds amazing. <laughs> but I haven't come across your clubhouse rooms. How come I've not seen that? I don't have a room yet. Even right. I'm getting pulled from every angle. I need to
2: seriously, you know, there's a lot of offers on the table right now in clubhouse. I've just been co-hosting, guest co-hosting on Clubhouse for different rooms, you know, but I've been asked by other people to set up rooms with them. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot, like I said, maybe once the dust settles with the rebranding, then maybe. I mean, it's definitely something... I'm seriously, seriously considering because, right. you know, I've done co-hosting on Clubhouse and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And yeah, I think I want to do that. But it's like I said, there's so many offers and different people with different topics and subjects and areas that they want to cover. And I'm just trying to figure out
1: how and which, you know, sort of aligns with what. You know, what my goals are. Um, Exactly, yeah. And that makes total sense. And because you're such an engaging person, I can see how that could happen because people want to squeeze you in Mm. too. Their own particular box and think, right, I'll have Stella. You know, it might not be that, you know, you necessarily have been forged in that environment, but Mm -hmm. you can talk and you're a nice person and everyone enjoys being around you. So we'll have you on. I can I can totally see how that would happen.
2: (laughs) So yeah. I mean, I only
1: just joined a few
2: months ago, but it's been interesting. It's been very, very interesting. So, yes, I'm open to obviously public speaking engagements, podcasts, as we're doing here, and obviously hosting Clubhouse and you know, I'm even considering maybe hosting a podcast as well. I've been asked oh, wow. I've been asked to do that, but I don't know Fantastic. if I have the nerve for it because you know oh, you, you do. Totally a- have. You do an amazing job of it. Oh, thank you. Uh you make it seem effortless. You know, your communication <laughs> style is amazing. I love the way you communicate. Thank you so and much. So I love to listen to your podcast because I'm thinking, wow, I love the way she talks. I You know, the way he brings (laughs) the guest in, the way the communication flows. So, yes, I don't know if I have
1: what it takes to host. Oh, you do. You do, for sure. You do. do. You're playing yourself down there.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's nice when other people say these things, it's better. Oh, should I say, you know, than because I don't see it, but other people do. And that means a lot to me. Yeah, like it shows that they see something about me that I don't see about myself and you know same way as me as a coach I see things in people you know and hear things that they don't hear about themselves you know and it's nice to be able to bring that to the front of their minds and let them know that
1: actually you're pretty good at this yeah uh, yeah so yeah it's a great gift to have isn't it mm-hmm Absolutely. Have.
2: absolutely so I appreciate it when other people can see that in me too it kind of makes me go away and think
1: hmm Perhaps. there
2: is something here
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes yeah. it's, it's food for thought definitely and I know that you are extremely busy so I really appreciate you persevering with my attempts to get this interview. We finally got it done. Thank goodness. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, excited to get this out for season two. So thank you so much for your time. In the meantime, Stella, and I'm looking forward to joining your Clubhouse rooms and collaborating with you going forward.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, technical glitches they have on All the time. I mean, I've been sat here trying to keep my hands still so I don't touch any buttons, (laughs) (laughs) try not to ruffle no papers. Um, (laughs) So I know technical stuff happens, so not a problem at all. I'm just glad to be here and thank you for the opportunity, you know, for helping me as you've done previously with a lot of communication issues that I've had and helping me to communicate better. So thank you. Thank you so much. And you do amazing job. Your podcasts are amazing.